You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and on with us all week. One of the original founding members of the show, John Kegley, is going to be on with us before he takes off to basic training. Before we get into the show, I have to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. We are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog covering the Chargers and doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, over the past six seasons. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Well, on today's show, we want to spin it back to you guys again. You guys came through for us on Tuesday with Twitter Tuesday. So on today's show, we're going to be getting into some voicemails on Voicemail Thursday. No, it doesn't really do anything. But we have a lot of good ones to get into, a lot focusing around the 13th overall pick for the Chargers. How have the trades so far changed what happens with the Chargers and their chances of getting a tackle at 13? Are we still a tackle at 13 or bust if the two top guys are out? What song we want to hear the Chargers come out to in SoFi Stadium? Okay, so I guess they're not all specifically about the 13th pick, but we're going to be covering all angles of that in the second and third segments of the show because of your guys' good voicemails. But to start the show, we're going to talk about the fact that the NFL has announced a 17th game to add on to the schedule for the A 17th game for the NFL schedule. We knew this could happen. It's no surprise that it's happening, but we now know who the Chargers are going to play in that bonus game, and at least we have a good storyline there. So let's go ahead and get into it. The NFL has now announced that they have 17 games in the regular season for every NFL team, and now the Chargers know that that 17th game for them is going to be against the Minnesota Vikings. So that's definitely an exciting thing because now, Instead of every four years getting to see an NFC division, you'll get to see at least one of those teams from those divisions every two years. Because as it stands right now, the AFC West will be playing against the NFC North this season based on where you ended up finishing in your division. So since the Chargers and the Vikings were each third, they face off this season when the first ever season of 17 games. It's pretty crazy, David, to think of 17 games. I mean, it's going to be weird saying like, oh, the Chargers went... 10 and 7, you know, just for an example, like it is strange that we're finally seeing, you know, for the first time since 1978, the NFL changing their schedule up. It's just kind of funny to me how it took so long. I mean, you think about how much extra money owners are going to be making off of this extra game. You know how they're trying to get money in any kind of way they can. So it was kind of surprising that it took to 2021 for them to figure out how to get this done. Now it is done. Players are not happy about it. Owners are absolutely overjoyed because that's like i said more money in their pockets and i mean i think fans are mixed about it i think they love it because they get to watch more football but hey anytime you got more and anytime you got more games that's more opportunities for players to get hurt and i think that's probably the player's biggest concern i mean are they going to get compensated accordingly i mean also i mean what are what's going to happen with records i think that people are going to have to have context with when going for records going forward i mean people get extra games to do that i mean that that's all another pandora's box yeah i know i'm already thinking about how you know trevor lawrence justin fields zach wilson all those guys will be able to 
end up trying to break Justin Herbert's records and have an extra game to do that, right? So that's going to be pretty interesting to see how those stats end up playing out in a 17-game season. I mean, a 2,000-yard rusher, even though, I mean, nobody's really getting close to it, but that makes it a little easier, you know, if you're doing that. A 5,000 yards passing season, that seems it's like weird. it's a little easier. It's weird that the first ever 2,000-yard rusher was during a 14-game season, <laughs> and now we're going to be seeing a 17-game season, and it was already hard enough yeah, to do it so in 16 weird. games. <laughs> Yeah, when like LT ends up breaking the all-time overall points record for a season, right? But of course, the guy who held the record before only played in 14 games. So it's like one of those things where it, it's always going to change how numbers are looked at historically now that you're adding that game. And to compensate for that, the NFL is cutting out one of the four preseason games. So now there will be three preseason games. So that's also going to be interesting is the second game now the dress rehearsal game. How much are these starters going to play? How much is this going to affect undrafted free agents? You know, and Austin Eckler talking about the fact that that's the only reason he ended up making the roster because what he did in a preseason game. The Chargers already had to miss all four last season. Now it'll be going to three this season as it stands now. I mean, we'll see what happens when we get there. But John, it's kind of funny that the Chargers play the Vikings because I do think for the most part, these are two teams that have kind of, you know, had some major blunders in the past, have underachieved in the past. So I think there is some kind of synchronicity there, them going up against the Vikings, because I think, you know, the Vikings fans probably had a lot of the same frustrations at certain times as Chargers fans has. But that's who you get. You get the Minnesota Vikings. Well, you also get the top two offensive rookie of the year candidates as well. So you're going to be looking at a battle of two guys trying to prove that one deserves that award. And the other one should have gotten the award. You're going to see a probably a shootout offensively, but you're also going to see a team that the Chargers struggle against lately. <laughs> but like they've won, but one of the last four against the Vikings, and the last two times they played them, it was a blowout. The first of those four games it was Adrian Peterson's record-breaking game. The Chargers just tend to struggle against the Vikings, so you actually just added a team that you struggle against, really. So it's going to be a real test see what this team's going to be like once it's built and you got this new coach can you really turn a quarter against a team who two years ago just absolutely destroyed you in your own stadium hey salty vikings fans you get a up close and personal view of the offensive rookie of the year last year how are you feeling about that i hope that you're excited that's right justin herbert is going to be at home against justin jefferson and he's going to prove, once again, why he is the rightful winner of that award. And for any Charger fans who want to prove that there are fans in L.A., now is your chance to prove it this year. The last time the Chargers played the Vikings in that small little soccer stadium, now you have SoFi. You have no excuse but to outdo the Viking fans this time around. And that's going to be a big test for them because even though you know the Vikings have struggled in recent years, they also have one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL, and that's historically what has filled up Charger stadiums, you know, especially during their time in L.A. So that will be a big test for Charger fans to get out there and prove, you know, in the 17th game of the season that they are a good fan base and that they do show up to games and all those things. And who knows what the records are going to be at that point, right? I mean, I think that's definitely going to play a part in it. But now... God forbid the Vikings end up winning that game. I'm going to have to clip everything that David just said and play it on the next show after the Vikings win. If that happens, I'm not saying I want that to happen, 
But it is going to be pretty funny. Just make sure happen. you do it both ways. If they win, make okay. sure you post them too. Okay, yeah. No, that's a fair deal. I just shouldn't want them to lose, but it kind of makes me want them to lose. Anyways, it is exciting for us as fans to get an extra you game. Pessimist. I mean, an extra, an extra. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying it's exciting for NFL fans to have another football Sunday, right? I mean, just from a fan's perspective, I know that the players aren't happy about it. And rightfully so. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't be. But to get an extra football Sunday, right? I mean, the first Sunday after football season is the worst. So prolonging that, you know, for another week, I'm very happy about that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And for the Chargers, it's one less game against the Kansas City Chiefs. One more game on your schedule that you're not playing them. So those two games mean just a tiny bit less. Well, now could this possibly mean that we have future roster expansion as well too maybe you get like two or three extra roster spots to make up for the injuries could that be a possibility now in the future and there's no reason why they shouldn't right i mean with how expendable these players seem to be at times for these teams i mean why are there not more roster spots it makes no sense i mean the practice squad is good i think the way they had it last year where they you know bulked it up by a couple of players each week that you're allowed to have on the active roster and also bulked up the practice squad and kept that. I mean, that's something that they should keep. I mean, it's more jobs for guys. It's more opportunities for lesser known guys to make teams. I don't have anything against that. That absolutely should happen. But we do have two more segments to get into because we are going to be getting into your guys' voicemails. And in the next segment, we'll talk about what the trade so far in the draft means for the Chargers and their chances of who they're going to get. If we would trade up for Panay Sewell, potentially, if he got down to the right spot and much more right after this. But before that, I need to tell you guys that if you need any auto part, you know that there's only one place for you to ever go, and that's rockauto.com. And for me, it always comes down to convenience. If something goes wrong with my car, if I need another part or anything like that, I'm trying to find the easiest way to get that. And so far, rockauto.com is by far the easiest way to get something that you need to deliver to you and you're going to get it at the best price as well. And so instead of, you know, going and searching different chain storefronts and asking the guy at the counter, you know, if they do or don't have the part, choose the website that has the largest inventory and is going to have the best prices for you. And that's what I've been doing with rockauto.com. And all you have to do to see that great inventory is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I also need to tell you guys that it's championship time in the Built Bar bracket right now. I mean, it's absolute madness. As it is right now, we have the really, really strong Built Bar flavor of cookie dough chunk already set in the championship round. And now it is going to go up against Coconut Brownie Chunk. And I'm going to call it right now. Coconut Brownie Chunk is going to win this thing. They're going to stamp their place in history being the first ever best protein bar on the world by your guys' votes, becoming that best tasting protein bar. And I think it's going to a very deserving flavor. And don't forget, if you guys go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can save 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and vote on your favorite flavor so the right protein bar wins the championship and gets the title of best protein bar in the world all right guys well now it's time to get into some voicemails and i always appreciate you guys calling in i know that the voicemails slow down a little bit in the off season and i get it but 
We are definitely going to be getting into a lot of voicemail shows. So if you guys want to get on the show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But today I want to start with Seth, who's calling in from Northwest Florida. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. This is Seth from Northwest Florida. I have a couple questions for you tied to the Bulls 13th overall pick in the quest for our left tackle of the future. Uh, first, I was curious to get your thoughts on after all the trades that happened last week with the draft order, does that change what will happen above us with uh, potentially Sewell or Slater falling further down in the draft to us? And secondly, um, what do you think on the possibility of actually trying to trade up and uh, pick up Sewell earlier if he's such a can't-miss prospect and his obvious ties to Justin Herbert? So look forward to hearing from you at Bolt Up. So as far as the trades go, I know you sent this in before we talked about it on yesterday's show, but Daniel Popper believes that the Chargers still have a legitimate shot to go get, you know, Rashawn Slater potentially still. There are still some teams there that would be threats to take an offensive tackle that early in the draft. So even though the Eagles now sit at pick 12 and now the Dolphins are at six, now the 49ers are at three. I mean, there's really nothing that totally changes. I mean, maybe the 49ers would have taken a tackle had they stayed at 12 but now we know they're taking a quarterback. Either way, it still seems unlikely. So the other thing that you want to know is, would you trade up to get Panay Sewell? So we know why you would do it. I mean, for Sewell with the connection with Justin Herbert, all of those things. I know Marcus Sletback asked us on Twitter kind of the similar question. If he was at eight, if Sewell drops to eight, are you going to pull the trigger and try to make a trade for you know a guy who some say is a generational talent? So John, I want to focus on that part of it. So is there a number that if one of these guys gets to, you're going to try to pull the trigger and make sure you get one of those top two guys? Well, I don't know. It's a tough call because I really don't want to trade away more draft picks to get one guy. So he'd have to really fall. I'd say maybe around 10 or 11 if I'm really going to try that. But if he falls to like 8, I know for sure like the Panthers probably won't pick him. I think they're probably going to want to try for a QB, so you probably want to trade for somewhere right behind them, maybe at like nine or eight. But I really just want to stay where we are and just get what you get. If Slater falls to you, then you get him. If it's Elijah Vera Tucker, you go for him. I'd rather keep all of our draft picks because we got a good number of draft picks already, and we can get at a lot of young guys that don't cost you a lot of money to this roster that could be full of potential. Yeah, I mean, I definitely understand that you keep all of your draft assets, but you also have extra picks in this draft if you want to do some maneuvering, right? I mean, there's also argument, do you want to potentially try to get back up into round one like you did last year with Kenneth Murray and try to, you know, snag somebody there potentially or try to move up to get Asante Samuel Jr. So obviously, if you make the trade to get one of those top two guys, you're jeopardizing your chances of making moves later on more than likely. But as I see it right now, I don't think either of those guys is going to fall to the Chargers. So they're going to have some tough decisions to make. And we'll see how the draft ends up falling. Because I think that's the biggest thing is, what are you going to have to use to get there? You know, let's say it's eight. What is it going to cost? Is it going to cost a you know, 2022 first round pick? I'm not going to spend two first round picks for Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater. I just don't see the value in that. And I think you'd really be hampering your chances once you start getting rid of first round picks like that. I mean, it's just tough. Both of those guys opted out this last season. We haven't seen them in over a year and I still believe in both those guys a lot, but that's a really tough question and we'll see, you know, if our thoughts change on it before the draft, but let's get into the next one here and change it up a little bit. 
and get into something that's very, very important. Let's hear what Zach from Florida has for us this week. Hey, guys. Zach from Florida here. So it's kind of an interesting combo question. I have three different parts to this question. What do you want the Chargers song to be as they're coming out of the tunnel this season? If you could pick for them to play at home or away in week one, which you choose, who is their opponent, and what is the jersey that you would like to see them wear? I know it's a lot of questions, but I really want to hear your answers. So, both up. All right, guys. Well, I know what my answer is going to be. I mean, I think I thought all of us would want to be the home team. I thought that would you know go without saying, but of course... John Kegley is the dissenter in our group. So I guess it was a good question on, you know, which one do you want to be? But I'm going to start and say that my personal choice would be Raiders at home week one. I think just having that atmosphere, starting the season off like that, potentially with a win over the Raiders, is something I would definitely want to do and definitely think that the Chargers could do. David, where are you going if you have to do that? You have to pick the matchup week one. Yeah, so if I'm picking the matchup week one, I'm going against the Patriots at home because I think we need some get back. I mean, after the Patriots beat the the brakes off of the Chargers last year and embarrassed them, I think it's time to set the tone on the season the right way and remind them that they can't do that and that you know the Chargers are a team to be reckoned with. And I know you're playing with fire going up against Bill Belichick, but I like to see what Brandon Staley could do up against Bill Belichick and, like I said, get that payback that they definitely need to get on the Patriots. The Patriots whooped them, and they need to get that receipt. And as far as the song to, to get out the tunnel with, it's got to be Thunderstruck by ACDC. I don't really think there's any other answer for me. I feel like John's going to push back on that. What do you think, John? Um, I don't know. As far as a song to come out to, I really don't have one. I mean, I feel like you should earn that that right, and it should be a song that you have pride in. Like when San Diego State won the Mountain West Tournament, they were coming out to uh, the champ is here. I feel like that's the only <laughs> time you should come out to a song, really. I mean, when they came out to enter Sandman, when the Chargers did in San Diego, that was kind of a nice hype-up moment, but then you're – waiting for a while to listen to all the guys get introduced and you kind of lose that momentum. So I don't really have a song, but for me, I want to go on the road this year. I would say on the road against Baltimore, nice little thing that'll get the guys hyped up and ready for the season and let you know where you stand right away and how much you need to improve. You go up against a high powered offense like the Ravens. They also usually have a good defense. It's a good coach too, to go up against. So you can see how much of a difference between Staley and Harbaugh you are. And that'll give you a nice goal to work towards after week one. But for me, I want it to be on the road because I like to travel to games and I like to travel for the first game of the year. Yeah, I mean, John travels to a lot of Charger games, especially, I mean, the away ones. Now he has to travel to L.A. to see the games, but he's gone to a lot of really cool fields. I mean, he was just at Uh, Soldier Field a couple years ago. My poor bank account. His poor, (laughs) I mean, that's basically, this podcast only funds John's trips to go to Charger games. But anyways, we still have two more segment. We still have two more voicemails to get into in the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about that 13th overall pick and if maybe, you know, one of these corners is creeping into our minds if the top 2 tackles are gone. So we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. Betonline is the only place that I bet. I love watching the games while they're going on, getting those real-time bets during the game, getting the updated odds so I can, you know, bet on somebody if I think I'm about to see a comeback 
or something along those lines. And right now you still have college basketball. You have baseball starting today. You have NBA, NHL, NFL futures. I mean, so much to bet on. And everything that you watch, if you have money on it, you know the game gets that much more interesting. I mean, I was in the bar the other night, and my friend had $50 on Michigan to come back in that game, and he ended up losing it because of an in-game bet, and then you know some other people in the bar ended up winning big. So it, I was just glued to the TV when that happened. But the only place that we trust to bet with is betonline.ag, and all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on, all caps, one word for free money to bet with at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys. Well, I want to start this next part of the voicemail segment by talking about a really good question, just because obviously in our minds, the top two tackles in the NFL draft, the dream scenarios for the Chargers at 13 are Panay Sewell, which isn't going to happen, and Rashawn Slater, which seems unlikely at this point to happen in our minds, right? So, once you get down there, depending on how the draft goes, you might have an interesting decision to make. Hey, guys, this is Sean from Phoenix, and uh listening to your show as always, and I heard you say that you all are in agreement that it's left tackle or bust in the first round for the Chargers this year. And I got to ask you, does that still hold true if both the top two left tackles are gone at pick 13, which could likely happen? If Sewell and Slater are gone, that leaves Darasaw and uh, Elijah Tucker maybe to choose from. And would you choose those guys over some of the top guys that might fall because of those other tackles going earlier? Like if Pitts falls, would you still take the tackle over Kyle Pitts? Or if Jalen Waddell is there? Or even like, a, let's say, a J.C. Horn because maybe the other two cornerbacks are gone. So if Sertain is gone and uh, Farley's gone and Sewell's gone and Slater's gone, if you had to pick between between uh, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, say J.C. Horn, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Christian Derrissaw, would you still take the offensive tackles? Just curious as we get closer. Having fun listening to you guys. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. So that's interesting because first, I mean, I don't think Kyle Pitts is there. I don't want to not answer it just because I don't think he's there. You'd have to look at it, right? I mean, it's just a special type of offensive weapon that you can use as a tight end, use as a wide receiver, has a physical profile, kind of unlike anything we've really ever seen at that position. And he seems like, you know, a transcendent talent as much as you could be in the draft. I mean, he's a draft darling. He's not going to make it there, but that's a ton of really tough decisions here, David. I mean, J.C. Horn, Jalen Waddle, Elijah Veritecker, Christian Derrissaw, especially, I mean, with how much the hype has gone up for J.C. Horn because of how big of a positional need that is. I mean, it is a tough call. Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, there's a lot of t- really talented players there, and you could kind of make an argument for any one of those guys and seeing how they can affect your team. But you have to look at it with the the eye, the lens of what is the biggest need and do, does these players fit that need and are they capable of coming in and making an impact right away? And, you know, they, there's some dissenting opinions or some people that aren't feeling as strong, as strongly about uh, Elijah Vera Tucker as we do. But I, every time I watch the tape on him, it just seems like he's able to latch on in, in front of guys. He's he's good at switching off blocks. He's always looking for work. He's good against the run. I mean, blocking, getting, getting holes open. So I don't understand why, like, there's such a, you know, 
I guess I don't understand why people have him ranked so much lower than the other guys. I don't think it's that big of a drop off. So for me, I'm still going Elijah Vera Tucker because of the versatility and because I believe he is a starting caliber left tackle at that position. Yeah, I think the toughest one for me is J.C. Horn just because I don't think he's even going to be there now. But I think it is an intriguing option because, you know, it is such a big need for you. You could always try to move back up in the top of the first round and snag a, you know, Dylan Radins potentially by moving up in the second round. There's some guys that would be interesting, but it's such a big risk. And, you know, and I just think that it's so tough, John. I mean, especially if you're putting Kyle Pitts in there, I mean, it makes it that much tougher. But I know for you, John, at this point, are you still left tackle or bust if those guys are off of the table? Are you still good with Elijah Vera Tucker even over, you know, Jalen Waddle or in this case, J.C. Horn? Yes, I still am left tackle or bust. I want offensive line over everything. I'm also in favor of maybe trading up into the well, maybe late first round or more early second round to get Asante Samuel Jr. to solidify your corner needs. But I want the best possible left tackle there is. Well, I also think the drop off too between the top left tackles and then the the kind of the middle round ta- or the middle left tackles and then the drop off from the high end cornerbacks is a smaller drop off. So I think you can get more value at the cornerback position later on in the draft, uh, but I don't think you can get that same same value about left tackles because they really do, they fly off the board faster than any other position. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's interesting just because I think that if you're going best player available, I would have a higher grade on J.C. Horn than I would Elijah Vera Tucker. And that's with me thinking that he's a left tackle. So it really is a, are you going to draft for need or are you going to get the best player available? I still think that the best offensive lineman available at that point is Elijah Vera Tucker. And I think you still take him there. But at the same time, it's getting intriguing, and especially because of what we've seen from these guys' pro days, right? I mean, both of these corners, the top two corners, Patrick Sertan II and also J.C. Horn, both absolutely put on at their pro day and just gave you some numbers to really think about if you want to stick at left tackle. So let's hear what Rick from Toronto has to say about that. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's Rick from Toronto. Um, so I just wanted to get you guys' opinions on uh, these pro days that have just happened, and uh, I'm just wondering if they've affected your opinion. They've affected your opinion on that first uh, that first pick that we got. Um, I'm of the mindset that uh, if Panay Sewell and Rashawn Slater are there, I think it's a no-brainer. But after those two guys, I think I'm really loving J.C. Horn, and I'm really loving Patrick Sertan. Uh, I do see why people like Elijah Vera Tucker, and I see why people like uh, Christian Derisaw. In my opinion, I don't think that's uh, there's really much value there to take them at 13. I think it's a little bit of a reach. Uh, Vera Tucker can play tackle, but you, you really are drafting an interior guy at 13. I don't really think that's uh, the best bang for your buck. Uh, so like I said, I really like those top two corners there. Um, Farley has those issues with his back, so he's kind of dropping down my board a little bit. Um, but I just wanted to wonder. If, I was just wondering if you guys uh, agree with that, and uh, what you guys think about these pro days. Thanks, guys. And I think this is the thing. I mean, yeah, you have to be sold that he's a left tackle. I think to take him at thirteen, Elijah Vera Tucker. That is. I mean, the Chargers might not even picture him that way, right? I mean, there might not be any chance the Chargers want to take him there because they might not have him graded as someone they think can play tackle at the NFL level. So that's going to be tough. But it is crazy to see these guys as you know what they were able to do 
at their pro days, even, you know, taking it with a grain of salt because it is done by each player's school and all of those things. But J.C. Horn, 90th percentile in weight, 93rd in arms, 96th in vertical jump. I mean, both of them had good 40 times. Horn runs a 4.39. Patrick Sertan runs a 4.42. I think that definitely solidified, John, the fact that those guys are probably the top two corners in the draft right now, and especially with the news about Caleb Farley. But it doesn't sway you at all just kind of seeing you know how freakish both of these guys are. Doesn't sway me at all. I mean, it's a pro day. You're not really doing great things. On you're really running a lot of drills and stuff, and you're putting up numbers that are like times and stuff like that. I want to see. I rather look at your game tape, and that tells me a lot more. And they're great. Don't get me wrong, but I would rather take my chances on a first round offensive lineman and go for someone like Asante Samuel Jr. by trading. Whatever I need to to get to him in the second round, I feel like you would get way more value there if you instead of going for a, an early corner and then having to trade up to get an offensive lineman that might have to prove himself. Like we've looked over some guys that are like in the FB the in the FCS level that look like they have a lot of potential, but I mean that's a lot of potential versus somebody who looks like they're ready to start right now and we're just ready to draft him. And yeah, I think but you look at FCS the pro days, doesn't compare to, I mean, the guys playing the SEC, right? I mean, and the guy playing at South Carolina, but go on, David. And also, I think you look at the pro days as context, and I don't think you should really be swayed too much one way or another. I think you really have to look at their play on the field, but you use it as context as part of, you know, looking at this complete player. So I just don't think it should have that much power over you as far as deciding one way or another, just another Bit, it's just more information. Yeah, I think at this point, I mean, it's just tough because it's very intriguing because I like Asante Samuel Jr. and I would still much rather have J.C. Horn, right? So it's just interesting to me because you just think of what Brandon Staley could do with a, one of those two guys, right? If they live up to those expectations, if you can use one of those top guys to put in a you know defensive secondary with Derwin James, and Michael Davis on the other side. I mean, that's something that you could drool over, right? But I still think in the moment, if I had the choice, I don't know. I mean, if it's J.C. Horn, Elijah Vera Tucker, it's closer than to me than I thought it would be. And I think there's an argument for both sides. The wide receiver hype, not sure I can get on that bandwagon just because I think that is a very deep wide receiver draft. If you want to improve your wide receiving core, you don't have to do it in the first round. That being said, obviously, there's a couple of game-changing guys that could be available with the 13th overall pick. But I think we're all pretty steadfast and still thinking, hey, get the best offensive lineman available at that pick. Help you know finish the revamping of your offensive line and turning around the worst unit in the NFL last year. But that is going to do it for us on today's show. We'll be back with you guys for a free agent Friday and John's final show before he takes off for 10 weeks on us while he goes to basic training. But... Until then, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or Apple Podcasts. Make sure you guys follow us there, or you can follow us on the new Odyssey app, which is A U D A C Y. That used to be the Radio.com app. You can follow us on all three of those platforms, and that will help you guys stay up to the day-to-day format of the show. And we also have some exciting. Locked on NFL draft stuff coming up. So there's a lot of really exciting projects that we're going to be a part of. So go 
Make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media so you can stay tuned for all that stuff. If you guys want to make it on the next voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll get into John's Farewell Friday tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.